Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your host. I'm Cool Kev. Kevin Durant. And I'm Andre, and we have a special guest today. Please do so. Levan Robinson. All right. How's it going, Levan? Listen, listen. It's, um, we got you here, so we want to get a backstory on you for everybody that's listening. Can you give us a little backstory of who you are, where you grew up at, and what you do? Okay. Um, my my um, real name, my government name or given name is Larry Levan Richardson, but I use Levan Robinson. Um, has my pen name to give honor to my parents. So um, I'm I'm 58 years old. I'm I'm originally from Philadelphia, but I live currently now in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm a 13-year military veteran. Um, Got out and served from um, 1983 to 86 in the Air Force got out in 86 and came back in in 2006 and served from 2006 to 2014. Um, I have a son, a 36-year-old son named Artie, and um, I've been writing poetry for over 40 years. So that's basically uh, my um, backstory. Hey, thank you for your service. Appreciate your service. Now, um, what... What made you want to start writing poetry? Like, where did you get your love for for the art of writing poetry at? I I always had a gift for writing uh, when I was younger. So I, I never, of course, when you're seven, eight, you know, going through your teenage years, you don't really, you know, um, focus too much on a gift. You're doing other things growing up, going through the, the initiations and all that we go through living in the hood. Um, so I really didn't um, appreciate it till I got in high school, um, around 11th or 12th grade. And I really didn't appreciate it then, but um, that's when it was showed itself. And and I met Sonia Sanchez then um, in 80, that was 1980. Um, and she... You know, was impressed, and and I was impressed with her because she was a well-known, famous uh, international poet, a writer, essayist, and all that. But um, when she said, "Larry, stand tall in your blackness," I took that literally, and that kind of pushed me uh, to to reach heights, you know, of of her of her magnitude. So since then, I've been um, inspired to keep trying to push to a level of unconsciousness um, that I, you know, that I want to, uh, that plateau of greatness when it comes to poetry and writing. All righty. All righty. Okay. Okay. So you have 40 years in the game. Yeah. I I got 40 years um, since, since, well, you know, um, since I was, well, I'm 58 now, so I would say over, over, yeah, you really yeah, right. yeah. All right, so you're talking. You started if you started when you were 18. You're 58 now. So 
were you going to like certain clubs and 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 you know uh doing your poetry aloud and yes. or did you have like speakeasies and stuff yeah. back well, then they and had, getting in the works before before they had this pandemic they mm-hmm. had they used to have well they starting to build up um poetry readings open mics live so I used to attend a lot of those down Philadelphia and just, you know, was stopping people in the street and reading poetry in the streets, in the parks, you know, uh, downtown Philadelphia and their parks, Rittenhouse Square and all that. So I, I really thought, I really was compelled to try to get it out there and had a message. So, um, you know, um, and now, of course, they have the virtual mics and that helps a lot because you reach more people internationally or, you know, not just in one place. So, but I, I love uh, open mics, um, live open mics because you get a chance to read and get people's opinions, then, you know, uh, feedback on your work right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. Are, are you published? Yes. Um, okay. I've published so far since this journey of 2020. Now, I always had the, the gift and the gift really showed itself when I was working at the post office in Philadelphia and writing every day and, you know, writing back then over 30 poems a month and, you know, and little notepads. Um, so I, I really, I always wanted to be published, but I never got a chance because I'm going through what I was going through, finding myself and losing myself and poetry was always there, but I never focused on it. Until yeah. 2020, uh, living here in Lancaster and working for Thaddeus Stevens College, and they had a um, you know a printing technology uh, course that they teach their kids. I mean the students. So, being that I was a, a, a employee there, I got in contact with them and came out with my very first book. So my I started. I didn't really start getting published until 2020, and now from then to now, I have eight books published on Amazon and and Kindle books now under Levan Robinson. Okay. Okay. So, what? Um, actual question: What do you, What do you get? Where do you get your draw your inspiration from when you're writing poetry? Like, you know, is it things you see, things you've been through? You know, just elaborate on that. Like Nito, like Nito said, the world is mine. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> but when you look out there. You know, there's so much stuff happening. You know, every day, you know, life changes on a on a on a drop of a you know dime, mm-hmm. on a whim. So it's always something to write about. Uh, but I've realized that I I love writing about love and and things that's not seen. So you have to dig deep within yourself to to bring out the uh, writing from your heart and soul. So you have to dig through the layers of hurt years of, 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 you know, the cloudiness and all that, the d- demons. So to get, to pull out the best of you. So, but to answer your question, brother, there's plenty of inspiration out here. I guarantee that, you know, I never have, I never have no, no problem thinking of a subject and just listening to the sounds or, or to my heart and soul and coming up with something like, okay, so yeah, mostly it comes from within. What's your what's your preferred style of poetry? I call it I call it um, prose scripted poetry 
it's it's not it's not it's poetry in a in a form, but I write mostly prose style and it's scripted. Um so it has it has I try to stay on the same length of rhyming, but it's a little bit longer and it may sound like a, a speech or a comment to what's happening, but I call it prose scripted poetry. Okay. Now, would you mind giving us a short example? Sure. I mean, sure. Um, I'm going to give you a short example of what I'm talking about. Um, Okay. Disgrace. This is a poem called Disgrace. Two different standards of the systematic structure of racism in America have always been obvious. Using force despite when insurgents of white supremacy and militia groups storming the capital caused death or harm to leaders of democracy compared to citizens gathering peacefully protests inequality manifesting to a different response and assistance that this nation can no longer support or bear. Why are people of color being treated so vicious and cruel? I'm so angry by the indifference that I don't know what and who to turn to. America must take a long look within the psyche and self-reflect. How long will you show us the citizens that you hate us? And every time you lay your eyes or thoughts on the image of humanity, that you are in total disgust. Please, America, no more killing or use of brutality. Please, let's come together to the table of equality. Come to some viable and positive conclusion. Put the hatred aside, moving forward and towards a future that's full of love instead of hate. If we together cannot accomplish this, then as a nation, yes, you, the great America will fall hard on this prideful face and total disgrace. All right, All right brother. Okay. Yeah. Like that right there, man. Yeah, it seemed like it hit it definitely hit like a certain hot button with uh especially with people that look like us. Exactly. So yes. um yeah. so what would you what would you think was would be the best era that you said writing poetry? Because I remember in the nineties, if when the whole Neo Soul thing was happening a lot. 80, 90, well, no, because the 90s had a heightened era too, man. You don't yeah. remember in the 90s? I, I, would, I, would say, I would say the 80s were, because we were, we, we went through the 60s with all this Vietnam War, the, the death of Malcolm X, the, our, 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 our political leaders. So, and, and coming out, you know, the, the, to be honest, the, the traps that they laid, um, with break to trying to break up the head of the household because in the family in the sixties you know we had families the head of the household was there so families was attacked despite everything then after they did what they did with the um, leaders then they flooded you know took out all the things that that was black equality and that was that made us you know validated with the killing of, you know, the Black Panther Party and all those things and thought mm. it was militia. So then 70s, then planting, the, mm. you know, the drugs into the neighborhood and 
And so, and black people still wanted to stand up and say we're strong, but then everything was breaking up with our foundation. So, 80s coming out of that, you know, we, we, through music and through other artists, we stepped up to the plate and showed that we were valuable. So, most of the, most of my early poetry started in the mid 80s where it was so much stuff happening then as it is now. So, for me, I would say the '80s was now all, every gener- every decade is, is is prominent, but the '80s coming out those the '60s and '70s and and making a stand or musically politically we was making headways and all that. So to me, it was for me the '80s. Okay. Okay. Now, being being a black man in the inner city of Philadelphia, like what were some of the trials that you faced in writing poetry? Because you know, it wasn't a lot. Of, it wasn't a lot of brothers back then. I can say that was writing poetry, and and that especially you said in the eighties, which was he's from Philadelphia. My man to uh, the writer me, Andre. He's from okay. Philadelphia. So, um, just tell me some of the stuff. Like, tell me some of the trials you faced in trying to write your poetry, and like, you know, rejections, setbacks, and whatever. It was, it was, for me, you know, Maya Angelou and, and Nikki Giovanni, the women, they had to, you know, Gil's got her on and all those, the last poets, but they, to me, as far as men trying to make it on poetry, and to me, even to this day, they rather spray, spray it, the eternal flame, upon a woman. So to me, being a, a black man trying to write conscientious poem, you have to have, to me, you have to know someone because talent is not going to get it by itself and being conscientious because, you know, first of all, we got the target on our back. And so that's, that doesn't help um, promote in poetry. But I feel, I feel that they gave the women, you know, that, that lead way. And so you, a lot of women did step on that, on that platform. But um, yeah, for a black man in America to make it, despite how talented you are, you know, um, it's it's you really have the current going against you, and the ceiling, the glass ceiling, is much higher. <coughs> is much higher. Absolutely. Yeah. What part of Philly are you from? Well, I'm I'm from North Philly. I'm from okay. I'm, ironically, I'm from 16th and Area. It's <laughs> 16th and Area. I know yeah. Drake was probably wondering. Right at me, no. <laughs> nah, my fam- I got family. The, the same block that Kevin Hart grew on, I grew on. Oh, and, but I was a foster child, and I'm with my foster parents. They they was cool with hit his the lady that used to Mrs. Davis that used to take care of him. When his mom was, you know, working those long hours and all that, so I grew up with him. Um, so we, you know, um, so that to me that gives me some hope. Like, okay, but he's a comedian. He's going out that comedian now. Poets, conscientious poets, have a harder time because, of course, you know, nobody wants to look at the mirror and see their their dirt, see their self. Uh, yeah. They rather see the good side or the funny side and not the serious side right. of uh, our behavior. So, but it gives me inspiration to keep doing it because, you know, somebody got to do it. That's how I look at it. I, I think 
growing up in Philadelphia that you're, you're going to you're going to take one or the other. I mean, hopefully yes. you don't take the violent side, but you either find the humor and everything. I'm one of those people. I find the humor. You know what I mean? Like whatever we're going to do, I'm going to find the happiness, find the humor. Yes. In it. Or yes. you you draw inspiration from the, the, the troubles that you see, because that's what we all see in Philadelphia. Now, growing up with Kevin Hart, do you think or, or growing up in the same neighborhood as Kevin Hart, do you think that like maybe he could have went another way with it? Oh, and then they, oh you know yes. What I mean? Yeah, he could have because, like I said, it's growing up in a hood, you know, it, it, it's rough. I, it's rough. It, you know, it's all about survival and proving yourself, proving your manhood early. Because if you don't, they're gonna take it from you. So right. yeah, you have to in Philadelphia as well as any other place. You got to scrap. You know, right. whether yeah. you liked it or not, somebody gonna get you. <laughs> so, right. So Absolutely. They gonna force you. They gonna force you to put up your hands and protect yourself. So that's one thing about the hoods. You know, once you get through that initiation period of fighting and proving yourself that you can stand on your own, you basically you basically mark your own territory right. in that sense. But um, you still have to be careful because there's always someone, you know, always trying to prove themselves better. Right. It's and almost bigger. a rite of passage in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. It's almost a rite of passage to get yeah. your butt whooped. Right. I went through that wholeheartedly and you can try to ignore ignore the people that come to you all you want and you, you can't fight they're not gonna allow later. you to they're not gonna allow you to Ex- absolutely right, listen i think i think that's for every which is a sad thing to say but i think that's a every black man that grew up in the projects man i think i grew up in the hood i kind of did yeah i grew up i grew up in the projects yeah yeah i grew up where i grew up was like where everybody was like it was like a poor apartment complex if you can afford a couple hundred dollars a month if you live there, but I will fight. I fought every single day. I think I fought every single day I went outside. I had to fight every single day. Yep. It wasn't a day that I didn't go outside and I didn't fight. Did you ever want to express yourself by like writing? Did you ever? Let me ask y'all a question because I want to bring it all around. Did you, did any one of you guys ever get inspired? Because I have. I just wasn't good at it, but did you ever decide, like, you know what, I'm going to write something or I'm going to write a story? Or, or anything, it could be poetry story. I, I think I, I think I could have, bro, because my school before I, I would just had it like a wild imagine. My imagination living in the project, my imagination just took me everywhere. It just took me away from what I had to see out in the what I had to go yeah. deal with out in yeah. the streets. Like it's my imagination, like man, I don't want to deal with this today. But my I put my mind somewhere else because I knew at the end of the day something was going to happen. Either some, yeah. either you're going to be fighting somebody or you're going to be in the middle of a situation you don't want to be in the middle of like bad, you know what I mean? Cause it's just, a, it was a natural thing, but I, yeah. I did what you did. I try to take the human, like you got two things. Either you're going to write it down, express it through rapping, or you're going to be the funny dude. I try to be the funny dude sometimes. Right? Yep. That's it. That's, that's true. Would you say that you used your poetry and I know you were, you were, you were grown. I consider 18 grown. Uh, do you, you did you use that as an escape? You would say, or more of like a just just you were just good at it and you just kept going. It it, it was it was a way of bringing some validity to me because I know that you know at that time going through I was trying to find myself, trying to find uh, you know uh, the 
not, I knew my parents being in foster care, but trying to find that piece of me that mm. of my of my sisters, whether it's from my mother's side, Robinsons or, or Richardson, I knew it was something there and I wanted to touch on my essence. So yeah, it was something that that hey, hey, I'm pretty good at this. So people say you're good at it and you're getting positive yeah. feedback. It just it just made me even Before. get into it more. You know, just for that, for that acceptance, for that acceptance. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's every, I think that's every young black man in the hood. If you start doing something good, and people looking at it positively, and they giving you that feedback. Yeah. A, a prime right. example, Mike Tyson. The reason he got into boxing, why he became so good. He says it all the time. He had nothing. He used to love fighting, and he he didn't. Well, that's what he had to do to grow up. But when he got accepted for started winning, this this guy who took who loved and cared for him, he he wanted to be the best at it. You know, right. he he it dro- yeah, it drove him to have that love. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you when you have a gift, and people realize that that saves you from a lot of excuse my language ass whoopings. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Somebody said, "Don't mess with him." You know what I mean? He's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. He's good. Look, funny guys, sports guy. If you play any sports and you're really good, nah, leave him yeah, alone. You, he you, cool. You, you won't. You they <laughs> they look out for you. You know what I mean? Because they know you got your talent and, and and actually, you know, they want to see you do good. They do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's one thing I realized growing up. That once they realize you're good at something. Now I tried basketball and all that. It wasn't and sucked. But when I read when when they had, you know, round Penrose. 12th and Dolphin, they have a, 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 a park there where they used to have tournaments. Uh, Eighth of Diamonds Street. and Dewdrop used to be in the championship. They allowed me to read poetry during halftime. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So that was a blessing to me. I was nervous as hell because I never did read. But, you know, I it was a way of getting out there and being more accepted in the hood for something special. So, yeah, I was small and always in, in people's face wanted to be accepted and they just say hey he's cool you know what i mean that's the guy that write poetry and they started set me there and say like read a poem read a poem so i had to come out ahead and you know all this so it was good i wow. I, I would say poetry kept me from a lot of butt whoopings all right let me ask you a question let me ask you a question Who's getting the ladies with the poetry? Of course. Getting the ladies with poetry? You know what I mean? Hey, that's, that's the number one reason for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, of course. The ladies it all saying, depends. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me, let me whisper a little something in your ear, baby girl. <laughs> yeah. But look, back then, back then, you don't realize your gift, but yeah, I I, I would have to re- write it down. I couldn't just ad-lib anything or make okay. up. I would have to. But once I read it down and... and, and and got a down pack and read it to the women. It was a wrap, but you know, it was a, so. Yeah, that that if you write a certain way, you know it can it can open up a lot of doors for you. So in that sense, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like the way you said that. A lot, a lot love of doors Jones, in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Love, Jones. <laughs> love Jones, yeah, definitely love Jones. I remember that movie, man. He, he yes. got Neil, he got Neil Long, right? Yeah, yeah, he got right? Neil Long off of poetry. Just by because we got you know men supposed to be strong and and, and you know nothing's supposed to hurt them and we so but yeah we have a system side also and and I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to put my feelings through writing 
mm-hmm. out there because that's how I could control it. You know, just just putting it out there, talking. Yeah, I'm kind of shy. I wouldn't go to it. No, but, if, you know, I could put it on paper and, and just let it flow easier than just expressing myself verbally. Yeah, right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so what? Uh, what? Um. So what are some of your future aspirations, man? Where do you see yourself in the next, say, five years, as far as your poetry go? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you want out of this? You know. I, so far, so far, I have. I want to be. I want to be. No, I aspire. I no, I don't ask God for money and all that. I just say bless my poetry. And but you know, I'm. I gotta realize that this is something I love to do. And I want to make a living off of this and be known for that. So I aspire to be um, God's willing to be a well-known, successful poet and writer from Philadelphia. Okay, actually two-parter, yeah. man. Huh? Actually two-parter, bro. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah right. don't, you... don't tell me what to do. I'm writing. I'm writing. I know poetry under the under the tree of the tree of literature. You know, is you know you have so much. The tree is literature and mm. and writing, but you have so many styles that you could write under. Now, I want to write short stories, plays, and all that. Right. Uh, okay. And, and so I want to follow the steps of one of my greatest, you know, uh, poets that I that I can relate to, Langston Hughes. So okay. um, I follow his, you know, his format of. Uh, you know how he struggled during the Harlem Renaissance before then, and and what he had to go through uh, being a light skinned a black man. So, yeah, all those things come into play when he wrote, but he never let that stop him, and he went on from poetry to short short stories and plays. So that's what I want to do eventually. Okay. Yeah, definitely right. solid. Um, so, like more towards the end of the podcast, we we kind of ask this question, and it, it we get a lot of interesting answers. Um, so I'll, I'm gonna shoot. It's a two part question. So the first part is if you could be mentored by two people, and that could be in anything in your life. It could be in faith. It could be in poetry. It could be in in anything. Film. If you could be mentored by two people, who would they be? Growing up, growing up in the sixties when Martin Luther King was in his heydays, I always liked it. I always was attracted to that. To that, uh, black is beautiful. Know yourself. The you know, despite what we go through, has and he showed me that despite what he went through, has been a black man in the heyday. That he still looked at problems, has with solutions behind them. And the and the um and a, a silver lining. So yeah, I would love, you know, to have talk and, and really sat down with Martin Luther King, and another one, you know, um, and of course Langston Hughes. So those are the two people that I would love, you know. Among you know, you got so many great people out there, but if I had a choice, it would be my my you know, my mentor who right now mentally, spiritually, thanks to Hughes and also Martin the King, because, you know, it was more it was more than a physical presence with them. They were 
they dug deep inside and bought out things that we all should, you know, strive for. So I can't ask for two better answers than that. Um, so the second part of this question is if you could ask, if they only gave you one question to ask, if you could, you know, go back in the day and talk to either one of them, you had yes. one question to ask both of them. You can, you could choose two questions, but you can ask both of them one question. What would it be? I would, I would ask them, I would ask them like, did you, you know, did you, when you growing up, did you have a, an inkling of how not how inf- impactful you would become on the culture of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a do you did you have an inkling of your greatness? Did you have signs or or this that you were something that you just drawn to mm-hmm. and you just followed the path? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, That's the cool. question I would ask them because everybody has an inkling of some of something great in them. And whether you follow it or not, that's a choice. But I, I, I would want to know because, you know, how big they became. You know, did they have that when they were small? Did they have that that gift or somebody or angel was like, you're going to be great one day. Just be patient. You know what I mean? So I would yeah. ask them about it. Both <laughs> could be true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Both sure. could be true. All right. Okay. Now, um, this is another question. We're about to wrap it up soon. Um Yes. We always ask people, what what advice would you have for people out here that's listening to the podcast that might be poets or in your in your field? What advice do you give to these people? What advice would you give to them? I would I would give to them, don't the things that you see around you is only temporary, and temporary gratification doesn't last. The things that you dig deep in you, you have things that that the intangible things in you and gifts that will cause. That will make life better. This temporary life that we have in temporary shelter, temporary earth, you know, that's all around the temporary beauty, but the beauty and the strength in you is forever. So I would I would implore that you find that strength and beauty and the tangibles within you because those are the things that's gonna last when all this temporary stuff uh Fosters away and you know into the angles of time. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. It's deep. It's deep. Now, um, Ron, um, okay, we're about to wrap it up here, but before we wrap it up, we need you to give, you know, whatever social media following. I mean, wherever people oh, can yes. find your social media, your website, find your work, how to find your work, where to find your books at. We need you to give all that right now to our listeners. The floor is yours. Yes, you can find. My poetry books under LaVan Robinson on um, Amazon and eKindle books now. You can follow me on on um, Instagram as Lala the Poet. And, of course, I, everything I write, I have on Facebook. So you can find me under Facebook under LaVan Robinson, and that's where you'll find me and my works, or updated works, Um there. All right, all right. Cool, cool, Thank you cool. Very much. All right, hey, man, we appreciate you. Anybody got any more uh, questions? If yeah. uh, we're going, yeah. I think we're good, man. We're good. We're all great. Hey, As yeah. always, bring us out, man. <laughs> hey, all righty. So we want to thank our guests, uh, but we are your host. I'm Cool Kev, Kevin Durant, and I'm yep. Andre. And thank you to Mister. I give you. <laughs> 
You do it all the time. LeVan Robinson right here. There you go. <laughs> is that the cool Kevin or is that the other Kevin? Me, this, I'm, I'm Kevin Durant. I'm Kevin. Like, you're the cool Kevin. Kevin. He's not the cool Kevin. No, yeah, I'm he's not, not, cool. not the cool Kevin. Okay. No, I'm not cool <laughs> Kevin tell. at all. But I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one. My man. As always, man. Peace, man. Peace Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Opinionated Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed day.